Go Studios. Brendan Riley, the executive producer of White Sox Baseball. Sox get a win, 5-4 over the Mariners. Tomorrow, they'll face the Oakland A's. A 6.30 pregame show, a 7-10 first pitch. Ken Waldachuk starts for the A's. Jesse Schultons for the White Sox. For those of you on the network, we'll send you back to the rest of your broadcast day. For those of you on our flagship, ESPN 1000, a special treat. Two men who make Bert and Ernie look like Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence. It's Waddle and Sylvie next. We'll catch you tomorrow for more White Sox baseball right here on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Have a great day. Light it up. This presentation of the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network has been brought to you by your Chicagoland Toyota dealers, Winchester Community Banks. Pick your part, your first stop for auto parts. City of Countryside, Chicago's Western Gateway, and by Costa Ivoni Injury Lawyers. Listen to every game all season long right here. This is the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Like, look, everyone talks about, well, this, nothing's going to change until the owner expires. There's another option that is, doesn't include somebody expiring. Pivot and change who's running your program. Change your organization. This isn't working. It hasn't worked consistently over the course of an extended period of time. So we're going to make some significant changes and try to get better results. This is breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Well, the White Sox uh, never ceased to amaze us. They just dropped a holy crap press release right now. Um, they sent out on their Twitter handle, get ready for this, Sox fans, just when you thought the impossible could not happen. The Chicago White Sox announced that Ken Williams, Executive Vice President, and Rick Hahn, Senior Vice President, General Manager, have been relieved of their responsibilities effective immediately. about that but are you gonna be fooled again here Sox oh, fans that's good. that's good that's good that's good music there Meller good music that's what we were talking about and we've been talking about this for weeks and weeks and weeks we were wondering weeks ago was Rick Hahn dropping hints that he could possibly walk away Cap was saying this morning that he tried to walk away a couple of years ago when they hired Tony LaRussa um, he sounded like he, he thought the end was near after he made some trades. Um, it, it, and then um, bo- enter Bob Nightingale, who <laughs> really with a lot of Major League Baseball uh, stuff, you can't really trust. But when it comes to Jerry Reinsdorf, um, look out because he's nailed a lot of the stuff, including he's the a White tone. Sox whisperer. Yes, he is. The because White I Sox think he's whisperer. getting it from the source. Of course. And, uh, and and he is telling you that Tony Larusa is back in the oh fold. Boy. Oh and he, boy. And I was just texting Jesse last night, Waddle, um, about who is guiding uh, Jerry through this because uh, Kenny and Rick have been his guides 
for multiple decades here when it comes to baseball matters. Um, so who would be the one uh, guiding Jerry through this to say, hey, this is the guy in Tampa. This is the guy in L.A. This is the guy in baseball, the up-and-comer here or in Houston that you want to talk to, the good organizations that you want to talk to that could run the show here, that could build out your front office. But no, it's Tony LaRussa who is now back in the fold advising him. Listen, and, it's, and, it's... And, and it sounds like, according to uh, Bob Nightingale, that Chris Getz internally, who's been uh, developing the farm system to, to my, not much fruit... Um, bare bones uh, will be just promoted from within and maybe Dayton Moore who ran the Royals for uh, about a decade and a half and uh, is anti-porn and I'll tell you more about that whoa, in a little whoa, bit whoa well that was that yeah was odd. no no well it was an odd story yeah um, he, he he gathered his group together in 2018 when he was running the Royals and in um, in spring training and he brought in people, and he he spoke to he had this advisor speak to everybody. And I guess it was mandatory for all the minor leaguers. He could not make it mandatory for the major leaguers because of uh, the because way the collective like bargaining yeah, agreement. Porn in the no. What's that? I said because they like porn and they already had porn in their their clubhouse. No, but he can't make these 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 seminars mandatory. Oh. Okay. And he was saying that um, uh, basically do not watch porn. Dayton's World. It's a new segment on the show. Dayton's World and the four P's of Dayton's World. You can probably think what the first one is and just let your imagination go. Look, the first thing that, that I thought of today when all of the news that you just recited came out was, A, how very Soxian of them that you would uh, lean on the people that, you know, that you're leaning on. First of all, you promote from within when the people inside your organization have had significant success over a period of time. That's why you promote from within when your organization. It doesn't mean that Chris Getz wouldn't go on to be the greatest general manager in the history of baseball. It's just odd if you've had organizational failure for years that you would promote from within. You know, it just seems very soxish to me. And I was, you know, I was just thinking, you know, Jerry and, and Tony, I mean, can you imagine that conversation? It's Cocoon 3 going back to our roots. You know, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's, it, it's a new movie on it, the it, South it, It's unbelievable, but believable. It, it's totally unbelievable. But then, like, as you sit and recite it and read it, it it's just, it's it, like you said, it's Soxian. And, yes, and just when Soxian. you, just when you think as a Sox fan that you have finally been, you have finally been given fr- a, a fresh breath, a breath of fresh air, and and maybe like maybe the owner got sick of hearing his fans uh, call in and 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 be so defeated and saying that the only option for success is if he dies. Yeah. Like 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 we've gotten those calls, and and like you said in that open. There is a way to have success without the owner expiring, is the way you put it. And that is just like, like, like clear it out. Yeah. And, and if you truly want to win, and, and um, Bob Nightingale said that he wants to win another one. 
His actions don't demonstrate no. that. Like, listen, if you want to win another one, then you immediately look for the most accomplished person that's not attached to a team right now to come in and run your program. And then you increase the budget by, you know, a number of times. And I just look, the only reason. And again, I, I think Chris Getz is going to be taking some strays here because people are going to be upset about it. And again, I don't know Chris Getz. All I know is that. You know, the the minor league system really hasn't, as you said, it, it really hasn't blossomed into anything to be overly excited about, right? Well, they don't it, draft and they don't develop. Right. So, so how am I supposed to believe in the minor league coordinator? Right. So the only thing that, you know, look, trying to connect the dots with this baseball organization at times can be a futile process because a lot of it doesn't make sense. But the only thing really that I can think of that would make sense to me especially that you haven't fired your manager as well to go along with all of it and that you may promote from within with Chris Getz is is that maybe they're just trying to steady the ship and the sale of the franchise is the ultimate destination and, and it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, could that be? Like I, like you're hearing more like whispers about that. Yeah. Like are, is he just getting everything, the ducks in a row for that? Doesn't that make sense? To, like that's but the when, only when, thing. But when, when Nightingale say that, why is Nightingale yeah, then I, saying I that he know. wants to make one more run at this? Yeah, and, and look, I, but, I mean. But the look at the two days of news that's come out of the White Sox. Stuff about the long-term lease, yeah. and then all of a sudden, his two trusted souls have been have been fired. I mean, so maybe maybe Sox fans could grab a hold of that. That maybe he's getting his ducks in a row for a sale. That's the only thing that I can. Like I said, it's a dangerous it's a dangerous activity to try to connect the dots with this group. But that's the only explanation that makes any sense. To me, I just, I mean, words are very hollow, especially when you have a track record of speaking hollow words. And to suggest that, yeah, of course he wants to win another title, but Jerry wants to win. I think I heard Abdallah say it today. He wants to win it his way, and that is with a very limited budget and with a very small staff inside his building and doing it in a manner in which you would think it's 1990-something. Sure, sure. And and I just don't, I mean, to say, well, he wants to win another one before he relinquishes control of this team, his actions tell a different story over we, the course of the last several years. The last two days in the 5 o'clock hour, we have gotten the big news. Two days ago was the news about, hey, uh, what what's this going on, uh, about them possibly moving, about the lease, Nashville, and then uh, like I could not believe it at at, at five forty something. Um, we it, it, like I heard a holy bleep uh, during the commercial break at like five forty seven, and it was Kevin Zipak saying, uh, "Holy bleep, the White Sox!" And I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "They just fired Kenny Williams." I'm like, "No." And then, sure enough, we go to Sox Twitter, we come back from break, we play that breaking news that you just heard. But then, you know, as you just continue to dig down, you get less optimistic if you're a Sox fan about this. And, like, I've always said that it starts at the top. It, you've heard me say that a lot about the Bears and about the White Sox and about all franchises. You heard um, Keenan Middleton, who came up, that blank rolls downhill. And I, I brought this up before they even made this move, Waddle, about the White Sox, that the 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 doing the work, the yeah. the the just when when you want your team 
to do the work. When you want Aloy to be a hard worker, when you want the guys inside, when you want Mankata to be a hard worker, when you want everyone to start working hard and your management doesn't do its due diligence, like it blank rolls downhill. So when your owner has finally, after 32 years, whatever it was with Kenny in the organization, already just doesn't want to go out and do this grand um, uh, interview process, getting to know the who's who of young, smart baseball people, even to find out more about your organization. Think about all the things that you can learn about Major League Baseball from others in the Rays organization, in the Astros organization, in the Braves organization, in the Dodgers organization. Talk to everybody. Find out what they think about your team. Find out what they think about your system. Find out what they think you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. Even if you don't hire them, they are giving you free advice because you're doing a search to hire your next executive vice president of baseball. But you don't want to go out and you don't want to do the due diligence. Instead, according to Bob Nightingale, you already want to hire Chris Getz and Dayton Moore. So, like, when your guy at the top, just like I documented on Twitter, when they wanted to hire um, throughout the years whether it's Fred Hoiberg without a coaching search, whether it's Jim Boylan without a coaching search, whether it's Robin Ventura without a coaching search, whether it's Tony La Russa, when your owner doesn't want to work, how do you expect your players to work? It's it's a great question. I mean, and and it's just, it, it seems like they're only comfortable with who they're comfortable with. You know, that sounds very... You know, remedial, but you know what I'm saying. They're only comfortable staying in their little cocoon here and and talking to the people that are already part of their organization, and that doesn't promote any type of growth. And look, you know, P- Pedro Grafal's probably the you know you know the last guy on the list of of people you're going to hold accountable. But when when your whole and this is just another piece to this puzzle, when when there's no discipline and no leadership inside your clubhouse. And and I think you said it uh, early in the year, like you, you lay down the law and then you back off. If you have yeah, to, you don't come course. in with a laxed attitude and then put the hammer down. If you have to, that's the wrong way to do it. But this whole thing went sideways. And I just don't understand like reports that Pedro's safe for now. And Pedro's going to be safe next year, potentially as well. Like, I don't know how, you change the, the, the feel inside the clubhouse when you've got the same guy that's at the top on your top step. Right. So. How could you hire a new a new president or VP or whoever he is and say, the manager's staying? Right. How are you instituting a new culture by like again, it's completely backwards and you mentioned cocoon. This is like what what what's the no, I didn't pay attention whether this is biology or botany or whatever it is botany's plants right <laughs> yeah those are so two this separate biology. conversations yeah so this is the caterpillar and he built and and he makes a ca- a cocoon and he turns into a butterfly or he or she yeah. yes yeah I think that's where we're going yeah so well, I'll so co-sign that the caterpillar like the butterfly after it breaks up basically tries to fly and dies like their cocoon. The cocoon sucks. Their cocoon that you're, cocoon. you're saying that is they're so comfortable in never produces these beautiful butterflies. 
the cocoon is the cocoon produces a bunch of butterflies that crash and burn. Well, yeah. How could they be comfortable with this cocoon? I, I don't know. It's it's it, but it's like you know people that are afraid to go out and meet new people just in social scenes. There's some people that just stay in their house and they just they're comfortable with this, the friends they've had their entire lives and they won't go out there and they won't kind of spread their wings. That's kind of how this whole program is run based on what you're you know how it's been described. Chris Getz, Pedro Grafal. You know, I mean, you're just if you're not willing, as you said, to go out there and talk to other people that can open your eyes about how everyone perceives your franchise and you just keep the people near you that you're most comfortable with and you're not willing to go out there and make new, quote unquote, baseball friends. I don't think you're ever going to grow. Can I play you a couple of stories that Cap told uh, this morning on uh, Cap and Jay Hood? It's story time with Cap. Yeah. Did you hear these? And you've known we've known these stories. But they were not our stories to tell. Oh, with but, Guff? Yes. Yes. These yeah. are Guff stories and I, at NBC Sports Chicago. He does the uh, Sox podcast. He's a great producer over at NBC. I think it promotes the, the concept of, of, of just how dysfunctional things were. And this is what we've always alluded to. Like, we've always told, we've always said this, too. Like, with Jerry's team, Jerry is always, Jerry has allowed the dysfunction to happen. Jerry has always allowed Pax and Gar to fight with Tibbs. Jerry always has allowed Pax to fight with Vinny. He's always allowed Derek and and his brother to fight with the front office. Um, Ozzy to fight with Kenny. None of this has ever been nipped in the bud. Um, you never know who's in charge. By the way, there was a great scene that I watched last night on Winning Time which Dr. Jerry Buss sits down Norm Nixon and and Magic Johnson that I think speaks to exactly what you're talking about. If there's an issue, let's sit down and let's yeah. get to the bottom of it. Yeah, let, let 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 let's get everyone on the same page. But instead, it's always internal wars with Jerry Reinsdorf's teams, and even in the front office. Like we never knew who's running the team now. Is it Gar? Is Gar the face of the franchise, or is it Pax? Is is um is this Rick Hahn who's making trades, or is it Kenny? Kenny's we have we've not heard from Kenny in 16 and a half years on this show. Um, Rick is the guy talking, but maybe Kenny's still running the show. So this is the story that Cap told today on uh, Cap and Jay Hood. Well, let me tell you a little story about my friend Ryan McGuffey from head of White Sox content at NBC Sports Chicago. I was still on TV a year ago, almost a year ago to the day I walk on my set. Guff is my guest to talk White Sox baseball. And he says, Rick needs to do this, and Rick's the boss, and he needs to do that. I get to the ballpark the next day to do the show. Folks, this is documented. This is true stuff here. You're not going to believe it. I walk onto the field. It's 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I hear, Cap, get over here. Get over here. My mom? She's back? Damn. Yes, Kenny, what do you need? Who the F is Ryan McGladry? Ryan McGladry, that little blankety blank, who was on your show. Uh, you mean Ryan McGuffey? Yes. You tell that little blankety blank, and I'm talking profane, Kenny Williams is in charge. Kenny Williams is the boss. No move gets made by Rick Hahn without Kenny Williams signing off on it. Oh, okay. At that very moment, my phone rings. It's Ryan McGuffey. I said, hey, Kenny, look who's calling. 
and I hand him the phone, and he airs Guff out profanely. Hey, let me just make it clear to you who the boss is around here. It's not Rick Hahn, it's me. That's a fact. And Guff was stunned. Was that a joke? Nope. Guff, that was not a joke. I got aired out, and you got aired out by the guy who wants everyone to know he's in charge. And as the thing imploded, he was invisible. How about that? And the, the, the next day, from what I understood, is that Rick Hahn called Guff and apologized for Kenny's behavior. But this is the stuff that would go on all the time. How right. are you supposed to run a successful baseball team where you've got two guys who nobody knows who the hell's in charge? To that point, listen to what happened at the trade deadline. Cap went on to expand further. We always wanted to know. We played the audio. Uh, Kenny's making the deal with Kim Ng with Jake Berger. Like, I thought Rick was making trades. So Cap explained a little further on what happened with that trade. Kenny Williams had the authority. How this happened, I don't know, but that falls at Jerry's feet because he's the the boss. To make trades with two teams. This is fact, folks. This is not speculation. This is fact. He could make trades with the New York Yankees and the Miami Marlins. So around trade deadline, the White Sox are going to blow things up. As Rick said, that's what teams do when they're in our position, unfortunately. Joe Kelly here and Lance Lynn there. Kenny wants to trade Jake Berger for this pitcher, Eater, that they got from the Marlins. Rick does not want to trade Jake Berger. He's our second best power bat. He's the best guy in the room. Guys love him. The fan base likes him. No. Rick hears Kenny say, we got a deal to Kim Ng. What? We got a deal. Yeah, I just traded him. Done. Okay, so is Rick the general manager or is Kenny the general manager? Kenny was conspicuous by his absence. You didn't hear him in the media anymore as this thing imploded. Crazy. It's, it's, and I, and I can guarantee you those aren't the only two stories that exist no, that no, speak it, to the dysfunction. And, and look, you could blame Kenny. You could blame Rick. But the real blame is Jerry. Yeah, blame the boss. Jerry allowed this to go on. Jerry's the one who enabled it. Jerry's the one who allowed it. And and, and that's why they don't win. You wonder, Sox fans, why your team hasn't won. Because even inside that building, on a trade deadline, two guys still don't know their roles. One guy wants to keep the guy, the other guy wants to get rid of the guy, and they don't even know who's doing what. It's crazy. But the owner allows it. Now the owner's bringing back Tony LaRussa to advise him, and maybe bumping up the guy of one of the worst minor league systems and bringing in Dayton Moore from Texas. And that's going to fix the problem? No. 312-332-3776. 312-332-3776. We want to hear from you, Sox fans. You know, I thought after we gave the news yesterday that this would be an optimistic show. I thought this would be one of those days that there could be a little bit of sunshine in one of the worst seasons of Sox baseball. But with the Bob Nightingale story, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe this will trend somewhere different and maybe they'll surprise us. But it doesn't sound like it because Bob Nightingale uh, has that window to Jerry. 
And uh, what he's reporting doesn't sound like it's going to be um, new way of doing business. And don't get me started with Bears guys not practicing today. That's for another day. Oh, no, no, no. We, we've got to inform people and give you an injury report. 20, oh, I, I believe it was 20, did not practice, including a setback for one of the prized free agents, possibly. Um, but Mongo did yes, possibly get into the Hall of Fame. Now, it, it was a huge step today, and we think he's in, but it's not, quote, official yet. It's, it's as far as I know that everyone who has been named a qualifier for this level has gotten in. So we're all Team Mongo today, yes. and it's about damn time. Yeah, we'll celebrate Mongo. If you want to weigh in, uh, we're here till 6. We wish we had longer today. 312-332-3776. Cubs won a big game, too, taking two out of three from Detroit. There is so much to talk about. Um, and uh, we will be at the Stony Point Inn on uh, Friday. That is in Mokina. Did I get the name right there, too? Grill. Stony, Stony Point Grill. Stony Point Grill. Stony Point Grill. Man, I almost uh, hit it. Stony Point Grill in Mokina on Friday, 2 to 6. So come out and see us there. So much to get to. We'll take all your phone calls next. Hey, one thing that's easy to check off that list is your back-to-school haircuts. Go to Great Clips with over 200 salons in Illinois and 150 in the Chicagoland area. There's one nearby. And with online check-in using the Great Clips app or at greatclips.com, you save time as well as money. By checking in online, you can check the wait time. Your name goes on the list, plus you get a ready next text. When the wait's like 15 minutes, then you go to the salon and you'll be at or near the top of the list. You can check in multiple people all at once, so load up the kids because Great Clips is your answer for back-to-school stuff. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Also, now, if interested, join the salon team. Visit jobs.greatclips.com. All salons independently owned and operated. Contact your local salon for specific safety measures. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. There's been a lot of questions about guys having to step up and be leaders. Have you talked to your teammates and do you guys talk about that moving forward, being leaders on this team? Um, not really. Not really. Loy. Last night, not uh, and like a lot of guys don't want to be leaders on that team. They just want to play and jog the first. Yeah, uh, I thought that Ozzy and Chuck and Scotty Pods had a good response to that clip last yeah, night. Yeah, they're not happy. Uh, let's uh, take some calls, and then we'll get to the Bears injury report. Talk more about Mongo. Uh, Ralph uh, in Buckingham, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ralph? Hey, guys. Um First of all, I want to tell you that I'm a diehard White Sox fan. I got two favorite teams. I love the White Sox and whoever beats the Cubs. And I know, Sylvie, that's going to be a hard one for you to handle because you're in your moment of glory right now because the White Sox have done some things. But you said some things today about the White Sox don't look into this. They don't do this. They don't do that. But let's go back to the Cubs, last two managers. They stole one guy from a team that – did good because he won a World Series. He won a World Series because everybody gelled the same year. Okay? So I give him credit. This new manager, I guess he's okay. He's got him in contention for playoffs. 
But did they do a search? No. They just went and hired him because he was the catcher. Of all the players on the Cubs World Series team, he's the one that gets the most credit from everybody. They left all them great players go. You never talk about the Cubs, how, how, the, how they run their organization. The year they won it, who was in charge? Because the guy who's the, in charge now, he was the general manager there. He had Theo there and everything. And you, you can go back and listen to you guys' shows. It was always Theo, Theo, Theo. Theo. And what the got buck me, stopped with Theo, yes. Right. Well, okay, but he, what he, got me. You knew who, who the buck stopped oh, with. It was Theo. Okay, okay, hold on, let me finish. What got me is you got, you're paying this other guy this good money for this position. Theo's in charge. I, I agree with you there. But when I seen this other guy bring coffee in interviews, not once but twice at Wrigley Field, and then you're going to talk about an organization that won't even let the greatest player to ever play in Wrigley Field on their in inner park. And I know you're going to say, oh, because he was on drugs or no, whatever. No, I, I crush him for that. Listen, this is a classic no, no, White Sox do move. Don't look over here. Look over here. Don't shine the light on us. Shine the light on your team. Like, I mean, I could, de- I could deal with it. I could deal with Waddle. No, I know Ra- you can't. Ralph, Ralph, I crush the Cubs for that. I, okay, I, and I, 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 thank I you for crush that, the Cubs he, for for Sammy, and he, I crush my team when deserved. Look, I I I was I I thought they should have sold. I mean, I I battle with Cubs fans all the time, but again, like Waddle said, like for you to be focused on the Cubs now is asinine. You're at a no, crossroads no, no. right now. You finally, you finally got rid of Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn, and you're worried about David Ross and no, Jed no, no, Hoyer? No, no. Listen, I was just saying, you're, you made the statement that White Sox go out and hire. Can, when they hire... It's the Tony White Sox and Bulls. It's the owner. I, I root for the Bulls. I see the same problems. The Bulls are my first love. He has crushed my Bulls. Without Michael yeah. Jordan, he'd be nothing. Nada. But there again. What? He had Michael Jordan. He was smart enough to get Michael Jordan. No, he wasn't smart enough to get Michael Jordan. He was smart enough to let Michael Jordan go. He inherited Michael Jordan. He bought the team when Michael Jordan was already here. He, whatever. What do you mean, whatever? They were smart enough to go. Michael Jordan's the greatest player ever. Yes. They would have won six championships without Scottie Pippen. And I don't want to talk about that. I just well, you I brought just, it up. I, I don't listen to the other thing. And now you're talking about cap and cap. Cap is more of a Cub fan than you are, but, Sylvie. But don't worry about the Cubs, Ralph. Like Waddle said, do, are, don't, aren't you sick of this, Ralph? On. Ralph, let's let's yeah. drop the Cubs. Aren't you sick okay. of this? Didn't you think this team would do more than win two lousy playoff games when they built it? When when they made them trades, I thought they was going to be a powerhouse. I yes. really did. This but is BS. Now, last night, or was it last night they fired the two guys? Yeah. I've been so happy since then. I was leaving my brother's house. He yelled Bill Romney to come back in. I walked the door, and he said, listen, listen to this, and they announced it. I screamed with happiness. Kenny Williams should have gone in Toronto. Ever since, and I'm just going to put this in there. Every since Kenny Williams uh, got re- refused to go to Toronto, he turned in. I can't say what I'd like to say because you can't cuss on the thing, on the radio. But you know what he turned into. He didn't want to be there. 
And Rick Hahn, I'm glad you did clear one thing up for me today that it was Williams that traded Berger because that one there has well, got you all were criticizing like Cap. Yeah. Cap told you that. Yeah. All right, Ralph, we got to run. Yeah, thanks. All right, okay. don't, see you, Ralph. <laughs> like, I can't believe out of all days he's worried about the Cubs. A very Sox-ish call right there. Pat in Oak Lawn, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Patrick? What's up, boys? So I kind of, so Ralph is a clown, but nonetheless, I am a diehard Sox fan myself. I do feel like typically this station has a lot of Cubs fans, and especially when we were at a crossroads this year when the Sox and the Cubs were looking like they were traitors. I've been very jealous of where the Cubs have gone at this point. When they when Jerry Reinsdorf then started, I mean, everything happened with the White Sox, and then Jerry Reinsdorf started talking about selling the team and potentially moving them. I mean, that, that hurts me to my core. I mean, the South side, when you think about the city of Chicago, has nothing. We are uh, a bunch of people that are just looking to have a good baseball team for once in a long time. And then finally to this point, I just I feel like I'm at my breaking point. I feel like at this point I can't even I, – I, it's ruining every single second of my life, the White Sox. I put up a TV in the backyard this year. I don't even want to watch them. I don't want to do anything. They, they've taken the soul out of everything that I do. Pat, thank you. has got plenty of Sox fans. Carm's a huge Sox fan. Meller's a huge Sox fan. Kevin's a huge Sox fan. Uh, Jonathan is, is an enormous, I mean, he, I think the Sox are his favorite team regardless of sport. And when we talk Sox, we don't talk about it from a Reds or a Cubs standpoint. I think no. we've been very good talking about the White Sox this year. Look, it, it's hard to sit here and, and say positive things. We're the home of the White Sox. Yeah. We tried to be, you know, There's as objective no, as humanly possible. There's they no sugarcoating it. You, you know, again, this is this is the mentality. This is kind of like, I think, again, I, and, and maybe it's not an apples-to-apples comparison, but this is Sox home syndrome. You know, Ralph and this guy's calling, and they want to talk about the Cubs, and they want to, like, you should all band together and demand more from your franchise your team. and not worry about the other team that's on the north side. We're counting Cubs fans at the radio station. Right. Drew and Wheaton, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Drew? How's it going, guys? We're good. Uh, yeah, so, Jerry, I just want to know why is Jerry so stubborn. Like, the thing that he does doesn't make sense to me. Everybody knows we shouldn't have hired Tony LaRusso. Everybody knows that... I mean, who even heard of Pedro Gafal before he was hired? Now we're going to go get Chris Guest. Nothing against that, but, like, like, why does he do all this? It doesn't make sense. It's just common sense stuff that, like, average fans know he shouldn't be doing this, so I don't get it. No, you're right. It, it's like when you know it and Waddle knows it and I know it, but yet the owner doesn't know it, it's it's troubling. It's the, And that's it's, it's the problem that I've had with the Bulls all these years. Look, also, I mean – Again, financially, they they refuse to also, you know, they every once in a while they may flash in the top ten in terms of salaries or whatever the case may be, but they have not invested the resources into their organization the way that other teams have, especially big market teams. I mean, I think you guys have have, have recited the number of people that are, and again, I, you know, I'm using the Cubs as an example because it's it. it their analytics group and their who the number of people in their front office and their baseball ops dwarfs that of 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 the White Sox. 
like the White Sox does, it feels like they haven't spent the money on the infrastructure inside their own organization. Right. And then they still haven't paid $100 million to a free agent. And I'm not suggesting that you're going to buy your way to a World Series title, but you should be in the market for some of these top free agents. And to be in that market, you have to be willing to spend. We need to compare them to, like, the Braves. We need to compare them to, like, the Guardians. Like, compare them to some of the other teams on on, on the, the size of the front offices, too. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I still think they'll be dwarfed in size by those, those teams. And by the way... And the if, Astros. If you are a mom and pop shop, or you have you you have a smaller budget, but you're winning like the Rays do, then that's what here. That's my biggest issue. Like, okay, if if you don't want to spend all this money, you better damn be developing, you better and drafting be good well. at what you do. And they don't. Julian and Lindenhurst, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Julian? Hey guys, how are you? We're good. Hey, just want to say, you know. I'm a Cub fan, and I, I, I do my I do my you know a couple games out to the Sox Park every year, and I watch you know I watch games and stuff. But I mean, really, I mean when, when the Sox have a good team, it's like pulling teeth to get fans out there. Now, Sox fans, first thing I'll say is like, well, Cub fans don't watch the games. So. Bottom line is they support the team. They're out there. There's thirty thousand, forty thousand people, just about for eighty percent of the season. Now, the Sox they get that stadium built for them. Thompson put that stadium together for all the politicians that were Sox fans, Madigan and Bailey, and that's how they kept this. How they kept this team. That team should have been gone. Now the money's running out. The time's running out. He wants to move the team again. They, they just they just step they just step on their on their toes all the time. It's just a poorly run organization, and I'm tired of like this guy Ralph calling up and worry about the Cubs. Don't worry about the Cubs, little brother. Worry about the sacks. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how we got into that. How did, did it just start? Because it's frustration, man. It's frustration. I'm telling you, it, it's frustration. And sometimes when you're frustrated, you remember being a kid. You just put your head down. And you swing wildly. Yeah, I, I don't know how this became a Cubs versus Sox thing when we were we're trying to figure out how Jerry can just start doing things a little more. Everybody, sense. listen, everybody out there, this should come as no surprise, okay? We've been talking about this for a while. You've got two guys in your front office. No one knows who the hell's been in charge for years now, right? You, you've got nine designated hitters on your roster. Nobody runs to first. Everybody gets hurt. You, your owner hired the last manager. You gave one other guy the opportunity to pick this manager. Like, please, if, if, if you couldn't have read the tea leaves and come to the conclusion that this was going to get off the rails sooner rather than later, I don't know what you're doing. I didn't think they'd be like 27 under, 28 under. Did you? That This bad? Did you think this was going to happen? No, but this but, is what happens when everyone, not, yes. n- not when people are pulling on opposite ends of the rope, when everyone drops the rope. Yeah, yeah. This is what happens when everyone in the building drops the rope. I, I wanna, there's a caller that I want to get to after we, we take a time out here. And then I want to read you the list of names who did not practice for the Bears today. All that coming up next. Guys, I was just uh, texting my buddy Chad, who works for Steinhoffels. I'm going in to the Vernon Hills store tomorrow for their big Labor Day sale. 
Going to see Jeremy, the general manager. Going to look at mattresses as well, and you can get a better night's sleep on a new Beauty Rest mattress from Steinhoffels. Shop now and save up to $900 on Beauty Rest adjustable base sets. Beauty Rest Queen mattresses started only $299, and when you upgrade to a Beauty Rest Black, You'll get $200 in Steinhoffel's cash and a $100 MasterCard rewards card. Beautyrest Black Queen mattresses start at just $44 per month when you use Steinhoffel's special 72-month financing. It is a great deal, so do what I'm doing. Shop in-store or you can go online at steinhoffels.com. Ready for a new sports bar experience? Check out one of the newly remodeled Club Hawthorne betting bars in Crestwood, Joliet, Villa Park, or in a dozen locations throughout Chicagoland. Find your spot at HawthorneBettingBars.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER to get help. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. All right, Waddle, I'm reading this uh, from Courtney Cronin's Twitter page. Oh, yeah, the name. And she prefaces this by saying, like, it, there could be a Veterans Day off in here, too. So you just don't know because the Bears are very secretive about injuries. Joniak and Thayer will have more coming up in uh, Bears Weekly. They're up in about 10 minutes from now. Darnell Wright, though, we know had, a, 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 like, a t- turn of an ankle. He was out. Looked like he was wearing an ankle brace today. <laughs> So Darnell Wright was out. This, 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 I'm worried about. Nate Davis was out again. Yeah, that's that's strange. Lucas Patrick was out again. He was taking first team snaps on Monday, and it seems like he's taken less as the week has gone on. Well, yeah, and, and I believe that practice was a pretty light practice too. Yeah. I, so I, I don't know what's going on there. We know Jenkins is out uh, for a few weeks. Uh, Jackson, Brisker, Claypool, mm-hmm. Valus. Uh, Homer, Foreman, Ebner, Blackwell, Gates, Cole, Lewis, Pettis, and Gakwe. I don't know when's he going to start practicing. I don't know. Green, don't know. Walker, Reed. They all did not practice today, and um, it, it, it's it's not good. It's unsettling. <laughs> it's unsettling. By the way, uh, the talk of all these guys not playing injury report. We can call it that. Brought to you by Costa Ivoni Personal Injury Lawyers. I'm unsettled again. I'm not going to panic. We still have 18 days before the first, you know, the first game against the Green Bay Packers. I just don't know how all of these guys are going to be in shape and ready to go um, early in the season when most of them haven't, or a lot of them haven't practiced much. And Komet had to leave practice early too today. So uh, Matt Eberflus, I don't think spoke today. He'll speak after practice tomorrow um, and give you. They'll just. Uh, Give you what he wants to give you. Yeah, right. You're not going to get much. Yeah. yeah. Don't hold your breath. Uh, and again, like, so so Mongo did, it was announced today that Mongo was one of the three on the Veterans Committee. I mean, this guy, he's been our teammate. He was your teammate, actually, yes. a real teammate on the football field. Yes. Um, I, I, I've used this phrase in the past that, that football justice has been served, regardless of what metric you use to evaluate a player and come to the conclusion that that person is or is not worthy of Canton, he passes the test on every metric. His performances on the field, his durability, his, the, 
the career length, all of it. Um, and this this is justice being served in the football arena. And I, I, again, it has to be confirmed um, at the end of the year. But if I'm not mistaken, everyone who has ever made it to this point in terms of being a veteran finalist, all of those have been confirmed. It's like a recommendation to the committee. Correct. And then and they I, like validate it and they're like, okay, they're confirmed in this class. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe anyone who's gotten to where Mongo has gotten through this process has ever been turned away. Yeah, and this isn't like uh, like Mongo has... has um, he's the strongest guy we know with what he's dealt with ALS, but this is not a sympathy vote. No. Mongo deserves to be in Canton. I think he, we're, I, I think that people 15 years from now are going to look back at this, people in this industry, that de- the people that determine who goes in. And every now and again, they'll say, you know what? You know, the Dan Pompeys and others and, and other people, and Dan was always a huge advocate of Steve giving it, uh, getting in, so, you know, thumbs up to Dan and all the work he's done to, to try and, and help Steve with his cause getting into Canton. I think people are going to look back and go, you know, we missed on that one early. Yeah. And, and and finally he got in, and but he got in later than, thank God he got in, but he got in later than he should have. He should have gone in earlier. With 90-some sacks, one of the most sacks uh, total from a defensive tackle. Fourth, fourth highest sack total from a defensive tackle position, I think, in the history of the sport. In the history. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's taken him this long. You realize, uh, too, that there's only one Bear who's had more sacks than him in, in Bears history. Richard Dent. Way. Richard. So, Think about that. It, it's incredible. So I know they're going to have much more on uh, Bears Weekly. And uh, we will have much more tomorrow, too. And we will continue to take your calls. I didn't get to take as many calls as we wanted. But, of course, we had a short show today. We will continue to do that tomorrow throughout the day on ESPN 1000. Uh, thank you to Jeff Meller and Kendra back at the shop. We've got Bears Weekly coming up next. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a fantastic Wednesday night. What's up? It's Tyler Aki. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when they place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, same-game parlays, and even more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Tyler and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Illinois. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.